You want to make your fantasy sports league more than a fantasy? Then you need Trophy Smack. It's the number one store for fantasy and tournament trophies, belts, draft boards, loser awards, and other ridiculous products. Trophy Smack is more than just a trophy company with outstanding customer service and products. It's the very essence and heart of every fantasy league. And if you click now, trophysmack.com gives you free shipping, a free loser poster, and can have the hardware to you in a few days. Bragging rights included. Go to trophysmack.com right now and take your fantasy league to the next level. Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back in to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a very special Christmas edition of the show. Okada, what is up, man? I am joined by the one, the only, Matt Okada, who is rocking on YouTube, by the way, a very nice, ugly sweater. I am rocking my uh, Clark Griswold, I'll, I'll turn the camera so you can see, Mark Griswold um, Merry Christmas t-shirt, Merry Christmas from the Griswolds, my favorite nice, Christmas nice. movie that exists. But what's going on, man? Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. How you been? Uh, lovely. It has been, I had a week off of the podcast last week, went uh, traveling up to the northern part of California, which is like a whole other state. That was kind of fun, and uh, now it's it's Christmas. Right now when we're recording, it's Christmas Eve Eve, but when this releases, it'll be Christmas Eve. Oh my is, gosh. You know, Best time of year. Best Almost time of year. the end of 2020. I, I keep wanting to say, or I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, 2020 is finally going to be over. We'll be, 2020 will be great, and I feel like I don't. it might take a while <laughs> in 2021, even for things to be great, but at least we can appreciate this small couple weeks of holidays. Yeah, for sure. It's going to take a while for things to get back to the way that you were. But regardless, man, it's just been so like nice to actually have football this year when people were questioning it, doubting it. So I'm just thankful we had football to, to do the show all year and all those sort of things. So it's been a fun season, man. But uh, unfortunately, John can't be with us today. He had an, an end up having a last minute work uh, obligation. But Okada and I are here holding it down. We've got a really fun episode planned for today. We're going to end 2020 on this note. So as a programming content note for all of you we are off next week we're going to enjoy the holiday week take a break recharge the batteries come back in january because that's when rookie season starts and we're going to start looking forward to all the scouting writing up some player profiles talking about these prospects all those sort of things so we'll take a week to recharge the batteries but for this week it is super bowl week for you in fantasy football hopefully you made it hopefully you are competing hopefully you're winning which you will um but we're going to take a break from like the hard-hitting analysis just have some fun on this show Spend Christmas talking about our 2020 winners of the prestigious awards here on the Red Shirts Dynasty podcast. I feel like we need a name for that. Do we Do we have a name, Okada? The Red, uh, the red Shirties? The, oh, the Shirties? The Shirties. The yes, I like it. I like it. The Shirties. The Shirties. All right. Yes. Perfect. So we'll talk about that today. Lots of fun stuff to get to. Before we do, a reminder, you heard it at the intro. Check out trophysmack.com. This place is awesome. Loaded with trophies, rings, and belts to get you ready for the champion of your league. If that's you and your league doesn't have a trophy, shame on you. You got to get one, especially for Christmas. Like it's the holidays. Get yourself a trophy or get your league a trophy for a commish. When you enter the code BALLBLAST, all one word, when you buy a trophy or a belt, you're going to get a championship ring for absolutely free. It is a $60 value for nothing. And they just keep giving this time of year for the holidays. So check it out there. Lots of fun. All right, Okada. Should we get into it? 
Woo, let's do it. Drum roll, hit it. <laughs> That's on my that desk, so it probably sounds weak. terrible. <laughs> Doesn't matter. All right, we are starting with the the most, I think, prestigious uh, shirty, which of is backwards, the year. by the way. But it's fine. yeah, we should, we should go out. We should go opposite. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We're doing our own thing. Uh, all right. The MVP of 2020. Not th- the football NFL MVP. That's a different conversation. But for fantasy football, Okada hit the people with mm. our pick. This is our consensus pick, by the way. You, me, and John, we talked about it. The MVP of fantasy football in 2020. Who is it? Yeah. For the top five uh, awards, we're doing consensus. And then we're Bets and I will each have our own individuals for a few other silly awards. But this one probably is the easiest award of the entire season. For any fantasy position, award, I don't care. It is Travis Kelsey. Oh my goodness. What a year for Travis Kelsey. First of all, number five overall scorer outside of QBs. That is insane. By a tight end. Only guys above him, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams. And then, that's it at the tight end position. I mean, Darren Waller has has been very, very good. Granted, he's been up there. But with George Kittle hurt and then everyone else being several tiers below, the value that Travis Kelsey has brought this year to any team that has uh, that that has him on the roster is absolutely insane. I would love to see the numbers on what percentage of championship teams have Travis Kelsey because I imagine it has to be one of the highest percentages for a single player in I don't even know how long. He has been a revelation. He is arguably the greatest tight end of all time. Unbelievable fantasy year. Good on you, Travis. Oh my gosh, dude. Like, just unreal. A cheat code at the position. Here, Okay, so here is fantasy points. Half PPR. He's got 241. The second uh, tight end this year, as you mentioned, Darren Waller, 189.2. The third, Robert Tunyon, who has 10 touchdowns, by the way. Oh my gosh. 139 points. We're talking about an entire 100-point swing with Travis Kelsey in your lineup, if he was a wide receiver, he would be the wide receiver three in fantasy. Behind Gracious. only Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. He's been better than DK Metcalf, mm. than Stephon Diggs, than DeAndre mm. Hopkins, than Calvin Ridley, than Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen. Like he, he is so freaking good, man. And his role in this offense is just so secure. I put this out, I feel like it was like two or three weeks ago, just after I, I realized like how insane his production has been. In redraft leagues, he deserves to be chosen in the first round. And I said, prove me wrong. And I was shocked. I thought people were going to come at me with their pitchforks and be like, you idiot. You don't draft a tight end in the first round. What are you talking about? But you agree. You just held up your, your pointer finger. Number one. is Where would you take him in the first round? Would you take him in the top 10? Bro, here's the thing, all right? I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, Bets. We talk about the elite running backs, right? There's usually like five elite running backs, and then there's like three or four elite wide receivers. And so we usually say, okay, you take your tight end ride for those guys. You know what? Screw it. Travis Kelsey should be the number <laughs> one overall redraft pick. Because you've wow. got all five of those running backs to choose from, and a couple of them are going to bust, and then you're going to be able to get other guys later in the draft who are going to end up being top-end top RB1s. You are not going to find a Travis Kelsey anywhere else in the draft. Now, George Kittle can be there also if he has a healthy season. He did not this year. But I honestly might just take Travis Kelsey and George Kittle in the first round, maybe in the top end of the first round. I feel like there's a little bit of consensus that like poisons our mind and brings us down 
that says, oh, that's, uh, that just feels wrong. There's no way I can take Travis Kelsey above the top running backs. The positional advantage is disgusting. Do it. Number one, I'm doing it next year. I, so it depends, right? Like, we didn't, Christian McCaffrey, if he would have had a good season, then it's the obvious, like, oh, yeah, keep picking him one, at one point. Okay, maybe number two. Great. Yeah, maybe number so two. So maybe two, maybe three. But maybe. I think he's a, I mean, no matter what happens, like, you could convince me of other running backs, maybe other wide receivers, but there's no way he's outside the top, like, eight for me Mm-mm. at the position. I've heard people are, are you worried about the age, especially in dynasty? Like wh- where, where should we look in two to three years with, with Travis Kelsey? Mm-hmm. He is under contract for a couple more years in Kansas city. So you love that. He is hitting that age where you're like, all right, maybe this is starting to be the end. But I mean, it's like Julio, right? Like we said all along, like just until he doesn't do this, just keep assuming he will do it because he's yeah. just been phenomenal. Yeah. And t- first of all, tight ends certainly last longer than the average receiver or running back. So I'm a little less concerned. He doesn't look anywhere close to slowing down. And nope. like, even with a guy like Julio, he wins with pure athletic dominance. So eventually Julio will fall at least, it might not be a cliff, but it might be a slow decline, right? Travis Kelsey wins because he's huge and he's incredibly smart. And he has an amazing quarterback and an offense that fits perfectly what he does. And he'll be able to do that for maybe five more years. Maybe? Like, we're talking Tony Gonzalez kind and Antonio Gates. He's on that kind of track. I think he can be valuable for several more years. Yeah. I mean, I I think at least two to three, which that's all we care about, right? You and I, that's what we play for. Two to three-year window. Yep. I'm, I'm there with you, man. He's just been so, so good. It's insane. I think it's, I saw or I heard the stat today somewhere. I saw it. It was like six seasons or or five seasons in a row as the tight end one. Like that is insane. Yeah. That yeah. is absolutely insane. The MVP of fantasy football this season. Yes, Travis Kelsey. Congratulations, your Easy. award is in the mail. Alrighty, the rookie of the year award this year goes to Okada. Drumroll. Wait, maybe we should do it on here. Can you hear this? No, I'm tapping my mic. Okay, well, <laughs> no, it's hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> It is Justin Jefferson. My goodness. And I'm not going to lie, man. This makes me sick to even talk about knowing he was sitting there at 21 for my Eagles and they passed on him. But man, what an outstanding season Justin Jefferson has had overtaking Adam Thielen in production as far as uh, receiving yards, receptions, first down conversions, all those sort of things. He's just been phenomenal. And the sky's the limit because he's playing alongside Adam Thielen right now, who you could argue maybe that helps him and kind of takes some coverage off him, all those things, which sure, that does matter. But imagine him as like the alpha alone in an offense. He could just, he could, he could finish as the wide receiver one. That is in his range of yes. outcomes, but what a rookie year. Uh, talk to the people. Who do we choose him over? Because I feel like that's maybe a little bit of a spicy take given that mm. the rookies this year have just been unreal so far. Yeah, I mean, a couple episodes ago, I am on record saying I think this could go down as the greatest fantasy rookie class that has ever existed. Um, Justin Jefferson is a big reason why. There have been some other ones, okay? One of the guys, I'm not going to say because he's actually, he won our next award, which is one of the reasons he didn't win this award, and he certainly is You're a professional host, Okada, not ruining the show, so very good. Uh, No spoilers there. Um, But other guys in consideration, you know, James Robinson, undrafted rookie, he had a great season. Um, T. Higgins had some really nice games. CEH uh, has had a pretty good season overall. Kind of fell off towards the end, but still very good. 
Um, there's been a couple quarterbacks that have had good stretches. It's been amazing. Great stuff. Cam Akers finally came on at the end of the year. DeAndre Swift had some stretches of great fantasy production. But as just in terms of throughout the entire year, great fantasy performances. And for where he ranks, eighth in full PPR. That is insane. Not among rookies. Okay. Eighth among all wide receivers. Justin Jefferson as a rookie. And by the way, just... Shout out to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast, Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, whatever we were when we originally said this. We said that Justin Jefferson would be the rookie wide receiver to target in redraft. We liked CeeDee Lamb a little more long term. We liked Jerry Judy a little bit more as a prospect. I loved Brandon Ayuk, certainly a ton. But for redraft, we said Justin Jefferson was going to be the guy, and he has been the guy beyond what even we thought. So props to him. Yeah, he has just been so good. I looked back. At his game logs while you were talking there. Because I wanted to see, like, was it... Has he had, like, these spike weeks where he's just been so good for you that it kind of clouds, like, the consistency? Or has it just been, like... You know, for Tyler Lockett, for example, you know, he's a guy mm. who, like, had huge, huge weeks, but recently he's been bad. But you look at the season long and you're like, he's still, like, wide receiver 13. Like, that's great. Has he been that or has he just been so consistent? So I went back. I'm going to quiz you, all right? Hit me. From... In weeks one and two, he only played 69 and... Uh, very chill, and 54% of the snaps. So he was like kind of a role player. By the way, egregious that he was playing behind like freaking BC Johnson the first couple Shame. weeks of the season. But looking at uh, weeks two, or I'm sorry, weeks three through uh, right now through week 15. So rest of the season, not including his first two games. I'm going to set the over under as the wide receiver three and a half. Do you think he was better than that or or worse? Ooh-wee. I would say he was a wide receiver four or five because i feel like tyreek and Devonte would still probably edge him out so i will go with technically over but it's close okay i'll tell you in a second um you are correct tyreek and Devonte ah. adams did edge him out okay more fantasy points over that stretch dk metcalf justin jefferson justin jefferson you are correct more fantasy points in that time justin jefferson stefan diggs Safan Diggs, I feel like, had a really killer start. So I'm going to say Justin Jefferson by a hair. Dude, you're nailing it. So he Ooh. has been better than DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown. The list goes on and on. He's the wide receiver three from when he actually started playing for this nice. team. That oh is insane as a rookie. Yeah, 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 he yeah, just yeah. looks so good, too. And, like... I mean, his route running, it's so clean. He separates with ease. It just makes, if you're the quarterback, you're like, oh, yeah, there he is. He has two more yards of separation, easy easy game, pitch and catch. So he's fun, man. I'm really excited to see what happens in Minnesota with his career arc because he's on fire. But definitely the rookie of the year for, what is our what's our work card called again? The shirty. The shirty. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, your shirty is in the mail. <laughs> All right. We are moving on to the best value in fantasy football this season. And... You know, we, spoiler alert, we chose a rookie. So we could probably argue this is the best value as like the rookie drafts this season. But I think even considering like where you took him in redraft or maybe a startup, he fits all three of these categories. Okada, tell the people who got the award. Yeah, he, I think that's a really good thing to point out is how well he fits all of these categories because he went completely undrafted in redraft. But in dynasty rookie drafts, like he was towards the end of the first round, even in Superflex well after a couple other quarterbacks that 
I don't think may ever live up to what this guy is going to be for, for Dynasty and for Fantasy. And it's Justin Herbert. We've mentioned it a couple times throughout the year. He has kind of ascended to arguably best Dynasty quarterback out of this class. Certainly, we have not seen everything we're probably going to see from Tua. We saw some great stuff from Joe Burrow that we think he can build on. Mr. Jalen Hurts. Uh, oh, hello. He might, he might be making a case for himself as well if he can actually lock down a starting job. But Justin Herbert, from the second he took over the job, which thank goodness for that, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Can't, I can't believe they tried to come into this year with Tyrod Taylor and they had this guy sitting on their bench. Loki, uh, has... I just feel awful for Tyrod. Oh, uh, true. True, <laughs> like, true, true. What is, like, he goes to Cleveland. They're like, hey, man, you're going to be the guy. Oh, actually, we've drafted Baker. Sorry, dude, you're out. <laughs> goes yeah. to L.A., sits behind uh, Phillip Rivers for a couple years. Hey, Tyrod, this is your chance, man. You're in. <laughs> oh, actually, sorry, we punctured your lung. You're out. Justin Herbert's in. But, yeah, it, it's just shocking to see, like, the, this coaching staff saw what they saw in training camp. And then they're like, you know what? Tyrod's the guy. He's yeah, definitely in. <laughs> wild. Um, but he's been unbelievable. Like, everything you could ask for from him, he's been amazing. He's supported the uh, other fantasy players on that team incredibly well, which is something there was a little bit of concern for coming in. Uh, since he took over in week three, he is the quarterback six. Uh, I, I'm going to play the reverse name game with you here. Oh, all right. Uh, since he took over, Justin Herbert or Deshaun Watson? Herbert. Watson by a hair. Ah. Ah. But Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson? Herbert. Justin Herbert. And that one is, is just crazy because Russell Wilson, as we all know, started the season off like a madman. But he has kind of fallen a little bit off. And Herbert has been better. He's better than Lamar Jackson over that span. He's been everything, man. And and it's as a rookie in a season he didn't even have an offseason to prep for. Like, even if this wasn't COVID season, he wasn't the expected starter. So right. we might he might get better. There's every possibility he gets better. So he absolute get better, best I value. Think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he has... I don't want to say this is like it just being outlandish and like hot takey, but like there is a range of outcomes for Justin Jefferson, or excuse me, I'm still on Justin Jefferson, for Both Justin guys. Herbert, where he finishes a season outscoring Pat Mahomes. That is in his range of mm -hmm. outcomes. Is it going to happen often? Probably not. But over the next five years, if you told me he finishes the QB1, I would not be shocked. So he has been an extremely good value. If you took him in your rookie draft, in a super flex league, you were getting him sometimes in the back of the first round. In a single yep. quarterback, you took him in the second. Um, yeah, man, he's just been phenomenal and locked up with with Keenan Allen. We'll see what happens with the coaching staff. I'm not convinced Anthony Lynn is, is back next year, but that might honestly be a good thing. I think the only thing that's holding him back right now is this coaching staff and their decision-making process. It has terrible. been, I mean, running Austin Eckler into the back of the offensive line on first down every <laughs> single time is the most infuriating thing in the world. But I digress. <laughs> the clock management as well has just been so funny. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited about it. Did you see, I went, real quick, I, I saw a quote uh, from Austin Eckler himself. I think it was yesterday. He was talking to the media and they asked him, like, what is this team's identity right now? And he said, our team's identity is Justin Herbert. So mm. you love it. You love to see it. Uh, for Dynasty, moving forward, Herbert or Josh Allen? Oh, that is so close. I honestly, like, if you told me, if you asked me that today, I might tell you a different answer tomorrow. Right now, mm. I have Josh Allen one spot ahead. Okay. And Deshaun Watson? 
I have Watson right behind Juice Justin plus. Herbert. Okay, there you go. So he's right in that spot. That makes sense. That's, yep, I think that's right about right. Crazy. Justin Herbert, your shirty is in the mail. <laughs> All righty. That was really positive. All that's great. But let's get negative for a second. The biggest bust in fantasy football of 2020. And we're not talking about injuries, right? Because like Christian McCaffrey could be considered for that. You could talk about Julio. You could talk about Michael Thomas, etc. We're not going to talk about Barkley, by the way. Saquon Barkley, right? It's been a while. Um, Not talking about those guys, but just like you've been on the field, but like, what are you anymore? (laughs) Is is really what this award comes down to? And it might sound crazy because this is a running back who is still in RB one on the season long outlook. Mm. However, Ezekiel Elliott is not what you drafted him to be. And he has been awful in the last several weeks. Meanwhile, the best running back on this roster from an efficiency explosiveness standpoint is Tony Pollard. If you told me you got to put like $1,000 on one running back to carry the ball for 20 plus yards in a game, and you tell me I get Tony Pollard or Zeke, it's Tony Pollard (laughs) 10 out of 10 times. Zeke is has been good he's been great i'm not saying what he's done hasn't been good in the nfl but when you draft this guy and redraft and the top three or four picks he needs to be producing at that level every single week and i don't know man in dynasty there are several red flags we talked about it on the show here i'm out on zeke i am not drafting him to start up this offseason i am super concerned about what he could be in the very near future and later in the show, we're going to talk about players that are kind of hitting the cliff and falling off, and, and they're kind of done. If we did this awards show in a year or two, Zeke could be on that list. That's where I'm at with Ezekiel Elliott. Ooh, yeah. Listen, man, uh, he has not been pretty ever since Dak went down, which, to be fair, this one is a little injury-related. But even before Dak went down, I don't think he was quite like the RB2 or 3 we expected. But since then, since Week 7, which is the first game without Dak... He's the running back. You know, I'm going to give you an over-under. Over, oh, under. all right. All right. Over all right. under running back 42 and a half. Over being worse or better? Over is worse. So, like, the number. Over the number or under the number. He's been better than that. He has been worse than that. Oh, my back God. 43. <laughs> oh right God. over the mark. Yeah, oh, uh, here's awful. some names. Here's some names that have been better than him. Bets: Damian Harris, Gus Edwards, Tony Pollard, no surprise. Jamal Williams, Kalen Balage, Rex Kalen Balage, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> oh my god! It has god. been so so awful for Zeke. And you know what? A little bit of it to me feels like some players in the league are not as good when they don't when they're not motivated. Like, when the team sucks and things just aren't going well, they kind of start to play worse. Like, Odell kind of has always been this way. I feel like that's a little bit what we're getting with Zeke. Like, this is just a crappy season, and he has he just doesn't feel it, and so he's just not playing very well. And there's a lot of other issues. You know, the offensive line has not been great. The quarterback play doesn't help. But he has just been... And the one of the worst things about him is you can never not start him. Like, you're, you're yeah. still always starting him. And he keeps that's, screwing your fantasy team. That's a huge part, to me anyway, like, what makes a bust. Like, you could just take the easy route and be like, oh, yeah, look at, like, how worse this guy's been from week 10 on or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. what we just did, basically. But when you think about these guys, like, I'm not drafting, um, let's think, like, I wasn't drafting David Johnson redraft leagues 
to be my every week RB1. I was drafting to be like an RB3 or flex and fill in as an RB2 if I need to. And he's kind of done that, which is fine. But Zeke has been worse than that. So by that definition of like a dude who should be in your lineup, you don't even look at the matchup. You don't even care. You don't even question it. You just click the button. He has been awful. What are you doing with him in Dynasty? Hmm. Assuming Dak's back next year. Yeah, I think I'm holding because his price is too low right now to sell and get anything good out of. But I'm not trying to buy either because there's too many question marks. And I feel like, yeah, it's just there's too much up in the air. I think I'm probably just holding whether or not I have him. Man, just one of the most egregious contracts in the last decade, in my opinion. They lost, like, their defense is suffering because of it. They couldn't sign Byron Jones. Yep. Potentially couldn't bring in any high-profile free agents on defense. Like, couldn't, couldn't sign Dak. It's just, oh, man, what an awful decision. Um, with Zeke, I will say, he probably has one more year of making this take look silly. He will probably be really good next year. But, man, probably. I am putting it on my radar. Like, at some point in the 2021 season, if you're not in the championship or going to the playoffs... You need to get out from under this guy. Mm. The cliff is coming at some point. He's just had so many touches in the NFL, man. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. We are moving on. Those are our more. Oh, no, we have one more. Sorry. One more. More serious award. Oh, sorry. Zeke, your shirty is in the mail. <laughs> the waiver wire wonder of 2020 is none other. And we don't even need to, to like, you know, slow the play this thing. James Robinson nope. has just been out freaking standing for fantasy football. This year, the dude is a a top. Is he still a top five back? Even though last week wasn't great. Four. Yeah, top. Yeah, exactly. RB four. He's been awesome. Got him for free. Probably got him for free in in rookie drafts. Like didn't even go drafted or took him in like round four or five. Mm -hmm. Just outstanding. And when everyone and their mother was gushing over getting Ryquel Armstead, who shout out to him. I hope (laughs) he gets healthy at some point. Like he was on the. Honestly, I'm not joking. Like he was on the COVID list for like two months. Yeah. Hopefully he's okay. Um, but then like Divine Zigbo, everyone was like, hey, maybe he's the guy. Maybe it's mm. Chris Thompson. Like everyone like just lost their marbles about this dude uh, getting the role when Lenny got cut. And meanwhile, James Robinson was like, oh yeah, I'm that dude. So he's just been so good, man. Did you have any shares of him this year in Redraft or Dynasty? I do. Yeah, I traded for him in a couple leagues actually uh, to make some playoff pushes, which unfortunately did not go quite as I would have liked. But hate to see it. Yeah, and and it, I got the price that, that I wanted to get because throughout this season, we've kind of been saying this is maybe a little bit uh, fluky. You may want to sell James Robinson, and I think in a lot of cases you still do, but I was able to get him for like a high second or a low first. I can't remember, or something equivalent to that because he was part of a package, and that, that feels about right. Um, he's been incredibly consistent. Double-digit fantasy points in every single game in PPR. That is insane. 20-plus in, like, six of them. Uh, He's just been a revelation. And as an undrafted rookie, it's crazy. Whether this continues on a Jaguars team that is sure to see a lot of changeover, I'm still not fully convinced. Like, for Dynasty, this is really tough. I think James Robinson's one of the toughest guys. Uh, The undrafted players typically, especially running backs, don't tend to have 
like multi-year excellent careers. Like Arian Foster is one of the very few examples of guys who had several or even just a few. But even Arian Foster fell off maybe before his time. A lot of injuries, to be fair. But I don't know what, what we're going to get from James Robinson for for the next few years. But for right now, for this year, for the Waiver Wire Wonder Award, it's absolutely no question. He's been amazing. Yeah, he's been great. I could totally see a scenario where he's back as the workhorse next year for this team. But it's just so tough to see beyond that because, I mean, this team has tons of holes to fill, right? Like, they lucked mm-hmm. into potentially, as of now, getting the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence. Oh, oh uh, my shout gosh. Out, shout out to the Jets. Yeah. Um, Classic. So, if that's the case, like, you're excited about that. They still have some solid offensive pieces in place like DJ Chark and Keelan Cole's been fine. Like, they drafted LaVisca Chanel, who's an explosive playmaker. So, like, there's some things that you're kind of, like, intrigued about with this offense. But I could totally see a scenario where they're like, you know what? James Robinson's on a rookie deal, an undrafted rookie deal, super cheap. We might as well draft a bunch of guys to kind of fill in the pieces on defense because clearly that's an area of weakness. So I could see a scenario where he's the guy next year. But I think I'm with you then like I need to kind of see what the offers are for for James Robinson. If someone's willing to give me, heck, two firsts, even like in a single quarterback league, I'm out. Take him. Like, that's fine. I'll take the risk. If they're willing to give me just a first... As of now, I'm sort of holding to see if I can get a better offer. Not selling for a second. No way. He's just been too good. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. But yes, waiver wire wonder easily. James Robinson, your shirty is in the mail. All right. This one's, we're going to get fun with these last couple here. All right. So we decided to come up with a couple of awards that are uh, kind of just like our own, our own versions of these awards. So the title of this award here, this is the I told you so award. Mm. As this is our show, we get to pick whatever we want to talk about, and we're gonna we're gonna victory lap for a second, okay? Because twenty twenty has been a year, all right. So let's have some fun. So Okada, we're gonna we're gonna flash back to you know it was it was hot, it was like ninety degrees in August. You were probably sweating in your apartment in a tank top, tank top, uh, yeah. telling the people on this show you need to draft this dude or go out and trade for this dude. I was right, you all were wrong. Who is it? Oh, mama. Well, if you're on YouTube, you're doing it right, and you know who it is, because he's right there behind my left shoulder. It is Kyler Murray. I uh, got the jersey, signed jersey, because I just I had to snag it before he becomes like a $500 jersey. He's almost he there, has man. Been... Listen, I, I don't know if everybody knows this, so I'm just going to tell you, okay? He is the number one quarterback in fantasy. Now, there was a small stretch a few weeks ago over the last few weeks before last week where he got hurt he his shoulder got smashed by a seahawk and yeah, he stopped running the ball mm-hmm. and it was not quite what we had come to know and love from the first several weeks but last week he was back at it uh, dominating uh, against the eagles in a super fun game with jalen hurts and over the course of the season he is the number one fantasy quarterback four points ahead of patrick mahomes 15 points ahead of Josh Allen. I don't know what to say, man. I He was my favorite player coming into this year. I wrote several articles about the fact that this guy was going to be a top-tier fantasy quarterback for the next several years. You had to go get him in Dynasty. Anyone who listened is loving life right now because he has been amazing. Arguably the most enjoyable player to watch in football. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is up there, but the way Kyler Murray runs... Just so exciting. And then also his ability to throw the ball. It's been an incredible year. Also for the Cardinals, you know, the Hale Murray, some really great moments. Oh, so my God. I told you so. 
Yeah. Hey, man, you did. And I don't know if there was anyone else in the industry that was as high on him coming into the NFL as you were. So, yes, hat tip to you, my friend. Yes, Kyler's been awesome. And when you look at his consistency over the year, it's just insane. In week 11, that's when he picked up that shoulder injury. He was still a quarterback one, even though he couldn't even throw the ball in the second half. He had a freaking heat pack on his shoulder in between yep. plays to try to like keep him loose. Uh, still a QB one, QB 11 that week. Week 12, QB 26. First week with the shoulder injury, not great. Quarterback 19 the following week against the Rams, still not running. Quarterback 14 against the Giants. So if you take out those three matchups, he's been a quarterback one every single week. And I have zero doubt he would have still been a quarterback one in those games if his shoulder was healthy. Because like you yep. said, in those matchups, he wasn't running because of the shoulder. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, his combination of the arm talent plus just the ability to run the football, avoid contact, keep himself healthy. It's just in, it's just insane. So absolutely love him. You did. You told people. You told him so. Kyler Murray, your shirty is in the mail. Wait, wait, wait. All right. Is my shirty in the mail? Because I feel no, like... No, this is not for you. This is oh, for Kyler. Oh, shoot. All right, Kyler. fine. All right. <sighs> Man, injury-prone Twitter is going to have a a feast with this one. Mm. I have been vocal in the past about this player that I said, you know what, the risk is probably there, so it's not worth it. Don't worry about it. But then, as the summer went on, I was doing some drafts. I was in Scott Fishbowl. Fishbowl, this guy fell to me in like the seventh or eighth round. I was like, this has to stop. Like, Will Fuller is not injury prone. Ooh. But I in the past have not been a huge fan of this this guy because he's just been too inconsistent where he was like he's spike weeks where he's been great. He's in and out of the lineup. He's got these hamstring issues. DeAndre Hopkins was there dominating the target share at 30% every year. So it's like why is everyone so hyped about this? But then but then Okada 2020 gets here. This man opens up a massive target share opportunity with one of the best mm. quarterbacks in the NFL. And everyone was like, "Meh." I'll take him in like the seventh round. No, he is not injury prone. I told you guys coming into the season, coming off of just a stretch of horrible luck with the ACL injury, with the hamstring injury after that, which by the way, we predicted was not going to ever be a thing for him. Like don't draft him two years ago when that was going on, but everyone just got so scared away and I'm tired of people not like listening to people who know what they're talking about (laughs) with these injuries and just assume that they know what's going on. And meanwhile, Will Fuller is just staring you at the face as a wide receiver won this season in the games that he played, of course, misses with suspension recently, but in the games he played has been a top 12 wide receiver and you took him in the seventh round of redraft leagues or even later, like just absolutely insane. So I tried to tell you guys, Deshaun Watson wasn't dead without DeAndre Hopkins. And I tried to tell you it's because Will Fuller is that good. So I'm intrigued to see what he can do moving forward. And I know everyone's response here is going to be, well, of course, Betts, he stayed healthy because he was taking PEDs. <laughs> Maybe he was. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because he's, he's the winner of the I Told You So Award for me. Does, does that actually affect your hamstring strength? I don't I don't know how they work. No, it does um, not. Okay, good. Listen, uh, was he actually in an article that you did for, like, this guy's not actually injury prone? Do you know? Do you remember? Or was it just something you said on the podcast a lot? I wrote up something over the summer about uh, taking advantage of ADP for certain players with their injury. Will Fuller was on the list. Okay. This is what I have to say to you guys. Look for that article from Betts every year because I distinctly remember. In fact, it's one of my strongest fantasy analyst memories. When Betts told everyone about Keenan Allen like four or five years ago, this guy is not injury prone. Everyone in the industry thought he was injury prone. It had been like three seasons of season-ending injuries, it was awful. And Betts was like, guys, 
He's not injury prone. He's an incredible receiver. Go draft him. And then ever since then, Keenan Allen has been a borderline wide receiver one. This year, an incredible wide receiver one. Same thing with Will Fuller this year. So go look for that article every summer because bets will tell you the guys that are actually injury prone and the guys that aren't, and you will be able to capitalize. This was a great one, except for the fact that I managed to trade for him literally a week before he got suspended in one of my most important dynasty leagues, which sucked. But other than that, <laughs> he's been great. Great timing with that one. Uh, we'll see what happens next year, but yes, yep. for this year, it's just, and the thing that is too with it is like, I'm not saying that the risk wasn't there, that there was zero risk, but like, I would not have taken him if he was in the third round, but we don't have to take him in the third round. We can take him in the seventh factoring in the injury risk. So at that point, that's where you have to just say like, where, where does it, where's the risk lie? And clearly the risk was not high enough for the upside that he had. So I try to tell you guys about Wolf Fuller. All right. Facts. So we patted ourselves on the back. It's, you know, it's Christmas. We're all happy. Yada, yada. But we got to take the L, man. Like, we can't be right about everything. And one of the things that I, I think I like about our show, and others as well in the industry, is that we are not afraid to admit when we are wrong. So now is the time for us to say, <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> Was that me? <laughs> uh, Okada, hit me with one player that you were maybe too high on or too low on that just came out and made you look silly this year. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to harken back to our preseason prediction show. John and I had a preseason prediction show when Betts was out. We had an amazing show of predictions. Our NFL predictions in terms of playoff contenders, MVP contenders, we were on point. And then at the end, we had some fantasy bold predictions. And I said, James White will be a top eight running back in PPR. He is the running back 45 in PPR, everybody. It has been awful. Oh, my goodness. Listen, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last nine games have been single-digit games, eight total this year. He hasn't had a single game over 16 fantasy points, even in PPR, and only one over 15. It was 15.3, and that was way back in week three. So all around, year-round, it has been awful with James White. He has been a guy who has been incredibly consistent all the time, and this the year pup, it just the fell pup off the hates clip. this take. By the way, you yeah. can hear him just in the background. He's, he Thanks. drafted James White, and he is not happy about it. Um, it's okay. <laughs> listen, the entire Patriots team has been unbelievable garbage. Like His we face thought, right now, I wish I wish you could see the dog's face. He looks pissed. <laughs> We thought it would be bad for the Patriots, but this has been next-level crap, and James White has suffered among the worst from it. I am sorry to everybody who drafted him, including myself. It has been sad. Yeah. Hey, man, you're not alone on this one. I also... I could see the scenario where it played out, right? Like, they had no pass catchers. Julian Edelman was getting another year older. They didn't have anyone that was established in the backfield that could kind of take over. Sonny Michelle was hurt. Like... Cam, not a great deep ball thrower. Like it all made sense. So talking through it, I'm like, you're not, you're not that crazy. But yeah, man, it just didn't work out. And I was kind of shocked that they just didn't use him this year when like he's been the most reliable guy outside of Julian Edelman for this team. Of course, Tom Brady, but outside of those guys. So yes, uh, big L there on <laughs> James White. Your shirty is in the mail, and the time has come. The time has come. I need to just mm. take a minute mm. and reflect on some poor choice words I said about this man. <laughs> I ranked Aaron Rodgers as like the quarterback 16 in the preseason in, in drafts. I wanted nothing to do 
with Aaron Rodgers. Now, at the time, it was because I wasn't convinced Alan Lazard was a good enough wide receiver too. I also wasn't convinced this team was going to be as good as they were last year because they were just so efficient. I think the defense outplayed themselves last year in 2019. So I was like, you know what? This team didn't even take a wide receiver or any playmakers to help Aaron Rodgers. Like, how could this work out for him? And I said, I don't want this guy on any of my teams. And after about week four, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I have zero Aaron Rodgers. I did I say that? Did I say I don't want an Aaron Rodgers? And I think I might have even said it. This might be a direct quote. I have to go back and listen to a couple of shows. I might have said he's not a good fantasy quarterback anymore. Those words Woo! may have come out of my mouth. Savage. Holy crap. He has been on fire on the revenge tour. The Aaron Rodgers MVP revenge tour is here. And you and John were like, Bets, you're an idiot. And I said, No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I am. But also at the same time, like to me, this is a, this is a shortcoming of my analysis because I had Devontae Adams as my wide receiver one. So if mm. I had him as the one, I probably should have had Aaron Rodgers at least as a top 12 option because they don't, one doesn't work without the other. So that was, that was bad on my part, but yeah, man, I was down on this offense, but he's just been so good and like so efficient and they're letting him just throw the ball when they get inside the five yard line leads the league and pass attempts inside the five, which is really obviously skyrocketed his value with, um, touchdown passes. So it's been huge. Mm hmm. Aaron Rodgers, I'm so sorry. Your shirty is in the mail. You're fantastic this season. <laughs> After like week four, <laughs> by the way, when I didn't have him in any uh, dynasty or redraft leagues, I was kind of like, man, I need to just own up to this and just play this dude in DFS every single week. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for helping to pad the bankroll there this season. He's just been so, so good. Also, Alrighty. Uh, to be fair, Alan Lazard was not a good wide receiver, too, and neither was Marquez Valdez-Scantling or any other wide receiver on this team. It's been Robert Tunyon and his 10 touchdowns. Oh, Bobby T. Yeah, buddy, to make Aaron Who, Rodgers by the great, way, so. <laughs> the most egregious Pro Bowl snub of all, Facts. Bobby Tunyon, not in the Pro Bowl, instead of Evan friggin' Ingram, who's been like, it's just been Popularity such a bad contest. Year. Yeah, it's been it. so bad. Egregious. All right, moving on. This one I'm excited about. It is the Amari Cooper Award. Mm. A player who suddenly pops up for a huge game and then all of a sudden is gone. And shout out to Amari Cooper. He's actually been really good this season as far as consistency. But when you look at his yearly totals, like week to week, it's just a roller coaster. He's up and down all over the place. So hit me with the player, Okada, who has been in the lineup for you sometimes. And you're like, this is great. And all of a sudden, he's essentially not even fantasy relevant. Who is it? Yeah, uh... For now, this award is called the Amari Cooper Award because of what Cooper has been for several years. By next year, this might be called the Tyler Lockett Award because Ooh. he was the absolute epitome of up and down, boom, boom bust. It has been insane with him. Two weeks, two weeks, bets as the number one fantasy wide receiver. They were amazing. We all remember them. 53 points in week, I want to say seven. Is that when he incredible. saw like 20, 20 targets that one game yes. against Yes, it was Arizona. in prime yeah. time. Yeah, incredible. Nine games, nine games outside the top 30 wide receivers. And since that week seven performance when he had 53 points, since then, he's the wide receiver 52. Oh, that hurts It has been garbaggio for Tyler Lockett outside of a few great games. And because of those few great games, it's been the, the Zeke uh, disease that we talked about earlier. You've been throwing him into your lineup every single week, and it has hurt you almost every single week for the entire second half of the season in the fantasy playoffs. It has been rough for Tyler Lockett. 
So by the end of the year, he's probably going to be a top 15 wide receiver in total points. And it's going to look great. And next year, we're all going to want to draft him the first four rounds. I don't know, man. I don't think I can do it. It has been, it has been way too messy with him. It just sucks, man. Like, Because he was a guy that I was definitely on a redraft as like a smash, smash the draft button on the fourth round every time he's there. Every single time. And over the first like six weeks of the season, you're like, all right, this is great. I can't believe you guys didn't draft him there. And then all of a sudden, Pete Carroll and his freaking Nike, or not his Nike, his New Balance, his white New Balance, New Balance shoes, yep. comes out here and he's like, we got to establish the run. We can't let Russ cook as much as he usually does. All these things. And it just has zapped the passing game outside of the alpha DK Metcalf, who just has been so good. But yeah, man, he, I don't even know what to do. Like I traded for him in week seven and this is like right around that that smash spot so mm-hmm. i was feeling great when i had him on that roster for that one game and then in dynasty and now he's been nothing to me as a contender but i have to start him because you know one of these weeks he's gonna put up like you know 150 and two and you're gonna be yep. like why did i not play him so yeah man that's the worst kind of player in fantasy just so up and down i i hate that in a player but yeah, man, Tyler Lockett, come on. Come on, you're like Amari Cooper from like three years ago. Facts. Tyler Lockett, your shirty is in the mail. For me, the Amari Cooper award in 2020 goes to none other than the fake Hollywood Brown. And ah. I, I don't even the fake Hollywood Brown, just the fake Hollywood, right? Englewood Brown. Yeah, like this dude comes out, my name's Hollywood Brown. No, the real Hollywood is Hollywood Higgins, Rashard Higgins for the Browns. Facts. He's actually been good. This guy has <laughs> sucked. And in recent weeks, he has turned it on a little bit late. Okay, so give credit where credit's due. But this is not a player you can rely on in your lineup in fantasy football because there's going to be weeks where he comes out and you say, man, that was awesome. He went for over 100 and found the end zone twice. What a great week. And then the next week, Lamar Jackson runs for 200 yards and two touchdowns. And J.K. Dobbins runs for another 100 yards and a touchdown. And Mark Andrews and Marquis Brown are standing there with, like, two catches for 40 yards. (laughs) Like, I don't... I was getting excited about Marquise. Like, I kind of bought into the hype of like, maybe Lamar is a really great passer. Maybe this offense will go back to passing the ball more than what they had done last season where Lamar just was unsustainable on the ground. And they've kind of taken a step back as a whole this year, but they turned it on as of late, and it's because of Lamar Jackson's rushing. So to me, Marquise Brown is always going to be this player. He's always going to be up and down. He'll have these wide receiver one weeks, and then he'll be like the wide receiver 40. So yeah, man, I... I'm not in on Marquise Brown dynasty at all. Are you? No. I mean, to be fair, all three of us were not huge fans of Marquise Brown in general in dynasty. And this yeah. season has kind of proved that out. Uh, I remember John saying a few weeks ago, he's completely dead to him and he wants absolutely nothing to do with him. And I think I pretty much agree. I, and by the way, watching football can be beneficial for fantasy as well. Like, a lot of people just want to look at the box scores, and there's a lot of stuff that can be gained from numbers. But Marquise Brown, if you watch the games, the numbers we see aren't even, uh, are better than what, what he actually is, and the numbers aren't even great. Like, I don't know if everybody remembers the game where uh, Lamar Jackson disappeared for a drive to do who knows what in the locker room. <laughs> but Marquise Brown was awful that game. Absolute trash. Had done nothing. And then Lamar Jackson comes running out after, let's be honest, he was pooping, okay? He was definitely pooping. (laughs) He comes running out after pooping because Trace McSorley got hurt, takes over on a fourth down, 
throws a random pass to Marquise Brown where the defense has no idea what's going on, and he takes it for like 40 yards and a touchdown. That was his entire fantasy day, and at the end of the day, his fantasy points look decent. But that was utter flukiness, and that's what you're going to get from Marquise Brown always. Half the time he's good, it's fluky, and he's fluky half the time. So by yes. the law of multiplication, that's like a quarter of the time you're getting a good, good Marquise Brown. I want nothing to do with this. Get him out. Hashtag math. Um, yep. Also, speaking along the same lines of, of that kind of trend where it's like nothing, nothing, nothing. All of a sudden, oh, sweet. There's a touchdown. You remember that game against Pittsburgh in week 12? That was the game that got delayed like six times. And I think it was played on a Wednesday afternoon. That's the game where he finally got out of his slump. But you know how it happened? The very end of the game on a busted coverage on a deep ball, a bomb from Trace McSorley because mm. Lamar Jackson was still on the COVID list. That is how fluky this player is. So he's just way too up and down for me. No, thank you. Moving on. The 2015 Peyton Manning Award. Okada, explain this for the people so they know what we're talking about. And then uh, hit yes. me with your, your take. If any of you are too young to remember 2015 Peyton Manning, it was a year that he was utter garbage, <laughs> completely fell off a cliff, was thrown interceptions left and right like a madman, and the defense managed to carry him to a championship. Uh, but this is the veterans who we have been great. They've been GOAT-level players for many years, or close to it, and they finally hit their wall, and it sucks for fantasy. Yeah, it's not been good. The end is here for these two players. Okada, who's your winner? Or loser. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, he, he's a loser. Now, mine is a little bit interesting because he started no. the year off pretty well. No, it's not interesting. No, he's done. He is right, No, no, he's done. He is 100% okay. done. But for like a third of the season, it looked like we were going to ha have some fantasy relevance for Todd Gurley. Now, to be fair, the only reason he was relevant was because he was scoring touchdowns. He was not efficient. He was not running the ball great. He still looked pretty old, but he managed to score like nine touchdowns over the first half of the season or something like that, and it was pretty good for you. This is what he has done over the last four games, Betts. Okay? Okay? Four okay. straight games with single-digit <laughs> carries, fewer than 50 rushing yards, no touchdowns over that span, fewer than six fantasy points in all four of those games. Since week six, which is more than half of the season, he has averaged 2.6 yards per carry, which is the worst in the entire NFL. <laughs> and it's so bad that the Falcons have decided to bench him for new starting running back, Edo Smith. That is, that is the worst thing that could ever happen to someone. If, that right there. if Todd Gurley had managed to build himself a nice little coffin and Edo Smith as the starter is the most nail in the coffin nail I've ever seen, Todd Gurley's career as a fantasy RB1 is over. No question. I will say this, Betts. Okay? I think that he will have a couple years where he's like Fred Jackson or Adrian Peterson this year. Where he's this stupid veteran guy who like ruins a rookie for half a season and scores a few touchdowns and has some week where we want to start him. He's still only 26. I think that happens for Todd Gurley. But the years of him being the greatest fantasy running back in the league, the years of him even being an RB1, probably even the years of him even being an RB2, are now over. He is garbage. He has fallen off that cliff. And I do not want anything to do with him moving forward. 
we were worried about him, or at least I was, and I, I didn't know how to rank him because this season of redraft leagues, it was like, you know the story. Like, he is the back. He's going to get a ton of work. If it works out, it's going to look like a genius pick. But there's also an end of the spectrum where it's like, dude, you're done. And, like, that was a waste of a draft pick. And he kind of fell in the middle because for the first six weeks, you were right. And then, like, the last two months, it's been awful. But the the warning signs were there, right? Like, we saw this. Obviously, there was the knee issue when he was with uh, the Rams. But then you look at, like, his advanced metrics as far as, like, yards per touch over the course of his career. Like, the downward trend. He had that career year. You remember in 2017 where he put up, like, 2,000 scrimmage yards and, like, 19 touchdowns or something? It went from 6.1 yards per touch. In, in uh, week 16 that year, by the way. Oh, the greatest gosh. of all time in championship week. <sighs> what a guy. Love him for that. We'll always remember him for that. But 6.1 yards per touch that season. Elite. Fantastic. 5.8. Still really good, but down a little bit. Oh, my gosh. The cliff. 4.2. 3.7 this year. The oh, trend, that's not good. It, it, the writing was on the wall. You know, so it's sort of silly to people that kind of thought he still was an RB1 and that sort of thing. So... Yeah, man. I mean, if you told me he was out of the league next year or in two years, I would not be shocked at all. So Todd mm. Gurley officially is a roster clogger at this age of his career. My guy is in a similar vein, but it's not because of injury or anything like that. He's just not a guy that we want anymore in Dynasty or apparently the Ravens either because Mark Ingram, <laughs> you're done. You are you done, do my Ravens? friend. And, you know... What is there to say? He's at that age that, again, it was predictable, like getting close. Or is he already 30? I think he's 30, right? Uh, He's close. I'll check. Yeah. Anyway, getting to that age where it's like, you know, these guys fall off. But he's coming off of a top 12 finish the year before. He's 31. Yes, so, he is. As of two days ago, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mark Ingram. Merry Christmas. Except not happy. Sad birthday. <laughs> but, man, when you are ruled inactive... Like, not even as a depth piece. For how much this team wants to run the ball, that's a red flag. He Mm. is done. 31 years old. He'll be 32 by the end of next season. (sighs) Is is that worse or better than getting benched for Edo Smith? Because they're both pretty bad. To be fair, Gus and J.K. Dobbins are very good runners of the football. That's true. So it's... I think it's better. At least, like, he's just old and, like, that's... He's a role player. Like, locker room guy. Big trust. Like, all that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, at least he's better than that. He's not getting benched for Edo Smith. So, man, these two guys, the end is the end is here. We'll always remember them for their positive. Those good days, man, where you drafted these dudes, you plug them in your lineup, you're like, here we go, 102, here, like, book it every week for these guys. Man, what a sad time. The Mark thing Ingram. that really sucked for Mark Ingram is that we kind of expected him to lose his job by, like, maybe week 8 or 10 to yeah. J.K. Dobbins. But he was... Garbage from the very beginning of the season. He did nothing. Never startable. Yeah. So it was rough. Yeah. Mark Ingram, Todd Gurley, your shirty is in the mail. Mm. All righty, Okada. Last one here, and we'll wrap it up with the awards show. This is the I'm Not Dead Yet Award. All right. These guys were dead left yet. for dead. These old dudes that no one wants in fantasy anymore. And they were like, I'm still here. I'm still good. Who is it? Uh, My guy is a guy that is near and dear to my heart. Granted, he hurt it deeply this past year uh, by leaving my team, but it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady was terrible last year in fantasy, uh, especially over the latter half of the year. It kind of just fell apart. It was like, oh boy, has Tom Brady finally hit that cliff? 
Um, and then he went off to Tampa Bay, and we said, well, he's got some weapons in Tampa Bay, but he's still really old. I don't really know what we're going to get out of him. What we've gotten out of him is the QB 10 on the year. It is 32 touchdowns. He's going to crest 4,000 yards and probably have 35 touchdowns by the end of the year. That is an exquisite fantasy season. Exquisite? He has had exquisite. He has been ultra solid all year round. Two games, really, that were ultra disappointing uh, against Carolina and against New Orleans. We all remember the New Orleans game. It was one of the worst of his career. But other than that, he's been extremely solid. He's had multiple touchdowns in five straight games. So finishing strong for your teams. And by the way, he's done a lot of it without Chris Godwin. So that's even more impressive. They brought in Antonio Brown to help with that, but it's not like he's been a revelation. Tom Brady has just been very solid, very startable, has helped your fantasy team move its way through the regular season and the playoffs. Just been great at 43 years old. In the I'm not dead yet category, the most the, the most should be dead player is 43-year-old Tom Brady. And he is out there looking younger than he ever has. I think he has done some witchcraft of some kind to his face. Uh, Definitely. But his, and his arm, apparently, because he's still out here throwing balls. So good job, Tom Brady, even though you're not on my team anymore. Congratulations. Listen, man, he's old, but he's still good. <laughs> like, And with those weapons, that that's the argument, right? Like, he could still be good. If you have him in Week 16, congratulations. He takes on the Lions this week. They're going to absolutely come out and smash. So the other thing that's working really well for Tom Brady recently is this Bucks defense is one of the worst in the league over the last month of the season. I don't know what happened, but in the first two months, they were fantastic. Sack rate was up, turnovers, fantasy points allowed to every position. They were at the top. They have been atrocious recently. Entering the week against the Chiefs, I feel like it was like three or four weeks ago, they've been the most um, vulnerable to quarterbacks over the the previous few weeks. So offenses were now able to throw on them. We've seen that over the last month of the season and it's putting Tom in these positions where like he has to throw to keep up similar to what was happening last year with Jameis Winston. Only he's not turning the ball over. So it's kind of like the same type of scenario where he's just been forced into so much volume and it's been great for fantasy. So yes, Tom not dead yet. All right, man, another older guy. No one's as old as Tom, but let's put some respect on this man's name. Adam Thielen, not mm. dead yet. He has certainly, I think, taken a, I don't, I'm going to say back seat, but he's kind of now the, he's in the passenger seat to okay. Justin Jefferson. The little sidecar of the motorcycle. Exactly. He's in the sidecar. He's got the goggles on. He's got the helmet. Mm. But you can't ignore a player that's going to be targeted the way he is in the red zone. Even, you know, Adam Thielen, he's not a world beater. Like, he's not just the fastest dude in the world, but he is a good route runner. He knows how to get open, and he's got strong hands. And that checks the boxes for me. For a team that we knew coming into the season was going to have a really bad defense, probably have to throw the ball. And Adam Thielen was a guy that no one wanted in any league, in Dynasty or Redraft. Always available in the fourth or fifth round Redraft leagues. Always available for an early second in Dynasty. <laughs> yeah, take him for an early second, late first. I did that in a couple leagues this year, reaping the rewards because he's just been so good as far as his ability to find the end zone and that sort of thing. Now, in the last couple weeks, I will say he has not been as consistent as he was early in the season where he was just ripping off top 20 finishes like it was his job over the last couple weeks, down weeks, wide receiver 68, wide receiver, you know, 44. So hopefully he doesn't make us look like idiots when I say this right now and he comes out and finishes strong over the last couple weeks here of the season. But to me, Adam Thielen is not dead yet. And he's a guy who I think 
looking forward to next year, like, I'm not saying he's going to be wide receiver one. I highly doubt it. He is 30. He will be 31 next year. But if you told me Adam Thielen finishes a wide receiver two next year, I wouldn't be shocked. And I guarantee you, you're going to be able to get him for a second round pick again next year. So Adam Thielen to me, not dead yet. Such a good story too, right? Undrafted and kind of proved everyone wrong. So love me some Adam Thielen. Yeah. Uh, what what Justin Jefferson has become has is working for Adam Thielen. Yeah. Because it, he gets to be the guy who doesn't draw the attention necessarily that he used to. Justin Jefferson draws a lot of it. And then he gets to be wide open in the red zone. 13 touchdowns, bets. I feel like that's going underrated. 13 touchdowns yeah. in 13 games for Adam Thielen. He has been elite level scorer. And I do think he'll be good next year. I do think he's worth a second for next year. I, He's going to be consistent. And that's uh, that's all you can ask for from a wide receiver. Probably what will be drafted uh, like in startups and his price for trades as a wide receiver three, maybe even later because he's so old, but is going to be a wide receiver two for you. And I, I'm a fan of it. Also, he plays on Christmas Day, which is oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, By the time you're listening, it's feels- tomorrow. That just feels, I don't know why, but it feels like an Adam Thielen two-touchdown day. For some right. reason, if Adam Thielen Christmas just makes sense. If you're playing DFS, the showdown slate, lock it in. Do Okada it. called it here. Two touchdowns for Thielen on Christmas Day. That would be just the best Christmas present. I have him on a couple playoff rosters, so hopefully mm. he comes through. But, man, what a fun show. What a good end to the season. Uh, listeners, seriously, thank you for sticking with us this year. Like, We didn't know if we would have football. We honestly had no idea. So the fact that we made it through unscathed has been awesome hopefully you guys are crushing this uh this season hopefully you guys are having a good holiday season uh we'll take the week off next week we'll convene figure out the plan the game plan here moving forward for january but okada man i'm excited because like i said at the start of the show it is officially rookie season starting in january lego wow wow wow. and all right listen uh, just just a quick note to anyone who's listening to this in week 16 because it's week 16 time and they're excited about the fantasy championships and you haven't been around since last offseason when we do rookie content. You know, we're 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 an enjoyable, entertaining show, right, Bets? I th- I think I, we, we have I fun. would say probably top five. But low key, our rookie scouting on the Red Shirts Dynasty podcast is brilliant. We will bring you such good advice. Okay, I'm not trying to toot my own horn too much because it's a three man <laughs> show. We're, we already did that earlier. <laughs> That's true. Well, then we untooted our horns, so it's okay. okay I'm retooting. All right? <laughs> You're going to get killer stuff. Yes. Killer Dynasty content. If you want to go into your rookie draft and find incredible values, <clears throat> Brandon Ayukes, that will no one else is telling you about that are going to be incredible for you in Dynasty, listen to this show. Subscribe. Do it. Because those are that is the best content of the year. Yeah, for sure. And last year we did, uh, it was kind of fun, we did a like a video profile series on YouTube, mm-hmm. breaking down film, breaking down these guys' game um, in like short, like seven-ish minute videos that kind of helps you get everything you need to know about this prospect. So that was fun. Maybe we'll do that again this year. But if there's anything that you're looking for from your rookie scouting or, or dynasty advice or anything like that that you think you need that we're not doing, let us know so we can do it. So happy to help you guys out for sure. But man, looking forward to Christmas, to New Year's, all that sort of stuff. Hopefully everyone is having a safe holiday season. Until 2021. Oh. We're the red shirts. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.